when I'm coding all night. Project won't compile, it'll be alright. Computer science for life, and that's my direction. Instead of B-Balls, my homies throw exceptions. Welcome to Dangerous Minds, where we delve into the minds of biohackers, grinders, and take a closer look at the tech being implanted and developed by this community. Joining us on the program tonight, Damien, a grinder who's partner with DangerousThings.com, Cooper, a system admin who believes in open source solutions, and Cursor, a software developer with a master's specializing in RF technology. Up first, we'd like to thank our sponsor, DangerousThings.com, who delivers custom gadgetry for the discerning hacker and biohacker. So check them out at DangerousThings.com. Now, if you or your organization is interested in sponsoring the efforts of Dangerous Minds Podcast, please feel free to reach out to us. Easiest way is go to DangerousMinds.io, and we'll be glad to talk to you about it. Today, we have a special bulletin. A previous guest on Dangerous Minds, Rich Lee, is currently going through a rough patch and is fighting for his kid. As a community, we need to stand up and help him out. Um, we want to help him get his kid, but kids back, which, done a, which has done a lot for advancing the grinding and biohacking community. We as a group need to open our wallets and go to his GoFundMe page. The address is www.gofundme.com forward slash cyborg dad just again www.gofundme.com forward slash cyborg dad now something to remember for all our audience is that these stories are available to read in detail on our facebook page and twitter feed links to both are available on the website which is dangerousminds.io and if you have a story that uh, should be mentioned then post up on the wall and we'll do our best to share it on the next briefing uh, dangerous minds podcast will bring you the interviews focusing on the people and the tech but also news relevant to our common interests so please stay tuned as we explore this evolving subject as well as if there's someone you'd like us to interview please email us at info at dangerous minds io to pass along the possible focus of a next episode now first up we've got a article here from popular science and the link is off of popside.com and this is about a teenage cancer victim you know 14 year old that had to legally fight for their right to be cryogenically preserved. Seemed kind of strange to me that you know, anyone after they're dead has to fight to be uh, able to be cryogenically preserved. And this is a 14-year-old uh, cancer patient in the UK. So seemed kind of strange that she had to go to a judge to get permission. But uh, anyway, it says that she died in October and uh, you know, ruling just recently passed. Just makes me wonder what, you know, that seems weird, but it, apparently the article goes on saying children in the UK as well as in US and most of Europe aren't allowed to make legal wills until they're 18. Seems kind of sad. Until then, though, their parents have to decide what to do with their remains in the event of an untimely death. But you would think that parents would, you know, go along with a child's wishes. It's just one dad giving his opinion. I don't know. What do you guys think? Um, well, at 14, you're able to make a decision on what you want to happen to you. It's not as if you're like a two-year-old. I get not being able to make a will because you don't have really many possessions. I mean, aren't they really all owned by your parents? But your body is yours. It's not owned by anyone. So my thoughts would be it should be up to the person if they're at an age where they can make a reasonable decision like that. 
and I think 14's fair. Sure, sir. Um, I mean, this this story broke, I think, this week uh, in the UK. Uh, um, probably Thursday or Friday, if I get that one right. Um, what's interesting about this case is that the so, so she actually wrote a letter to uh, the court because she has no like, legal standpoint in it, and um, it was about it wasn't so much of whether she could do it or not. It was more of her father's wish against her mother's wish. Um, her father didn't want her to do it, and the mother did. Uh, and I think the judge found in the end that the, the dad had been absent for some years and he was moved by the amount of research that she'd done and things like that so I mean when is your body your own you know people argue this all the time um, and surely she has a way of, of looking over it I think in the UK as well it's important to know that I think the age of criminal responsibility is 10 I believe um, so if you're over the age of 10 you can be tried uh, as the as um, as the age of criminal responsibility as an adult um, and, that seems kind yeah. of yeah and um, I, I, I could be wrong on that one but I'm pretty sure uh, definitely the age of criminal responsibility is 10 wow. um, so let me let me just double check this one yeah here we go um, children over the age of 10 um, can be arrested and taken to court if they commit a crime um, they're treated differently from adults um, but they are still criminally responsible for what they do. So if you're, if you're, you can be tried in court for a criminal offence, surely you have the same right to, to choose what happens. I think that's how, how I judge it. Yeah, definitely should be. And, you know, I can understand that the cost involved in it would definitely be kind of an issue um, because, you know, I don't know anybody at 14 would have the equivalent of 37 37,000 pounds, which the article at the very end uh, mentions that that's the cost of it. And apparently it's actually, she'll be in a Michigan-based cryonics institute for her preservation. But it kind of also makes you think too, to expand it further, just the general idea of this article, at what point are you allowed as far as rights to your own body, right to augment? And, you know, when, when does it not affect, you know, your own ability? Ability to be a parent, as we we might be seeing that uh, coming up in legal legal issues for some grinders that we know, and in the past uh, have had to deal with that. But you know, further furthermore, you know, being implanted, being augmented, would that just make you not just a part of a subculture, but also be able to be discriminated against and job placement, what have you? I can definitely say that um, my most recent job interview, they didn't seem that interested in my education and experience until we you know they started asking me what other tech are you interested in and that's when uh, I talked about my own grind and suddenly yeah the interviews weren't interviewers were not no bored at and actually looked awake, made actual eye contact, and had a real discussion going instead of blah, 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 so you did this, so you did that. Yeah, you've got a good resume. How many years? Blah, 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 blah. Instead, they were like, oh, that's cool. Tell me more about it. So, and it looks like uh, Damien's got a point here. What, what, do you, what do you got to share with this, man? Well, actually, there was, there was two things. Um, so just going on before I forget about the augmenting and the kid being 14, um, in two years, she would have legally been able just to walk into any piercing studio and get anything done she wanted. So what's two years going to make difference in her decision to want to survive longer hmm. in, uh, in the sense of uh, changing her body? I mean, she probably wouldn't have made it those two years to be able to legally change her body had this not happened and it was proven that she didn't. Um, and just to go about the job interview part more, 
there was one job that was really ecstatic about the implants, but they were still confused. Uh, I ended up getting that job and I turned it down. But there was another job, well, there was another two jobs that turned me down because of the implants. They thought that I would be able to steal data. Now, I mean, going by the math that I'd done back then, just to steal a megabyte of data would take over a year for me to do. And I mean, it'd just be easier to email myself the the document or put it on a USB stick. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, job interviews, I don't know if it's a good thing to be saying, but it has got me a job. It was with a very small firm, but it's also lost me a couple of jobs. What do you say, Cursor? Um, I think maybe on a slightly deep point, I think uh, to squat to a... paraphrase steve jobs death is a destination we will share um and it is it is your last point to make a conscious decision on on how you'd like to be you know like how you'd like to pass away or however whatever your beliefs are it, it is a very personal thing even though everyone goes through it and i think if that person can make a decision then it is a hundred percent their right to do so i don't feel anyone else should have a point in 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 how, how they wish wish to, to go through that, that point. That's a good point. On that note, you want to tell us a little bit about sex robots? That's a great transition, yes. Um, from death to life, maybe. And life. enjoyment of that life through <laughs> exactly. augmentation. So um, this is a story that, that's been around for a little while, um, but there is a great article. It's about sex, sex robots conference to be held at London's Goldsmith University, which is probably only about a 20-minute um, journey away from where I am. Uh, over in London, um, but it's it's from uh, Breitbart, Breitbart, which is a it's quite a almost controversial news media state um, uh, um, station or uh, website. So the way it's written is great; it's definitely worth a read. Uh, there's some comedy in there, but it's basically about these sex robots. And really, like I know you're thinking now, you know, Terminator style, their face is going to fall off. But you've got to see the images of this. Like you, you can you can tell it's a robot, but it, it's very very hard to like you know if, if it was walking down the street you might not even second look kind of thing um but yeah it's, it's going to be a talk over at goldsmiths which they quote is a highly respected university uh i guess <laughs> um it, it will cost 200 pounds for admission um or 125 for students so if you've got a student deal you can uh, get some money and i know um it follows on from a story earlier in the month about um a sex robot cafe in london as well where um you could enjoy nice cup of tea i guess with your um morning sex with your robot um i know i know ryan's also in london uh i don't know if you'd be visiting that sex that sex cafe or the talk with me although that would be a weird thing to uh, invite someone to yeah imagine that as a first date hey babe here do you want to come and see a talk on sex robots <laughs> sounds like a pickup line <laughs> yep there's a pickup line right there and it's only for you sir by us Oh, well, uh, it really kind of makes you think of the movie Idiocracy and how they changed uh, Starbucks into basically a sex, sex shop slash uh, strip club and you know, totally mischanged what a latte is in that movie. And yeah, so uh, if both of y'all end up going and getting a latte at this place, I don't need to know about it. Mm. Hey, well, it would be creamy. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's, 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 I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that, that's too soon. That. It was a bit far, but it was just there waiting. I think our um, listener vote just dropped. (laughs) Somebody just unsubscribed right then. It's just the idea of someone on their daily commute on the bus or on the train is is listening to this and suddenly just gone, wait, wait, am I on the right podcast here? (laughs) Like, wow, they they just hit a new new low. All right, before we move on in the conversation, I'm going to take a quick moment to thank our friends and share a message. To be more together. 
at the 2017 Body Hacks in Austin, Texas, January 27th through 29th. You'll learn throughout a two-track, two-day conference, discover some of the best companies in body hacking, connect with your fellow cyborgs at the hub, and party at the world. This year, put together, the Body Hacks Fashion Show opens the event on Friday night at the Austin Convention Center. Be more together at bodyhackingcon.com. And back to the conversation. Speaking of which, um, so Damien, do you have a vibrating tooth? Are you getting a call? Could you tell us about you know getting a mobile implanted in your mouth? So I read this story a while back. Um, I think it was actually me and you, Doug, that spoke about it. It was I snapped my tooth in half and. I couldn't be bothered to go and get it fixed by the dentist. And so Cooper sends me a link and he goes, have a look at this. It's really quite cool. And what it was, some guy back in 2003 uh, popped a small microphone in some resin and it would connect to your phone. And well, you could use it as essentially a Bluetooth headset. So also being a motorbiker, we were going to incorporate Rich Lee's um, magnet tragus implants. So you could have an implanted headset. Don't know what you guys think about that. What would you think if someone told you that they had a, a microphone in their tooth and speakers in their ears so they could talk on the bike and have life easier? Well, to me, you know, I think it would be kind of awesome as long as there's no issue with uh, like battery exploding or leaking from that tooth. You know, how it's powered would mean a lot to me. And uh, it kind of makes me think of uh, one of the a video I saw on MTV True Life that showed a, a clip from this past year's Grindfest where they had a guy there that was working on a Bluetooth module that worked through uh, skull conduct conduction. And uh, I actually reached out to that individual to try and get him on uh, a future taping uh, because I just wanted to know more about the project, see how it's coming. But also, you know, I remember that conversation I had with you, Damien, because um, we had uh, all talked about putting like a uh, XBT in for um, true another aspect of body core temperature measurement instead of just implanting in the arm, like at the hairline of your of your arm to get a decent core temperature reading from your armpit that also seemed like an interesting idea and i i think amel uh Grafstra said that he actually has one not totally sure on that right now but i'm actually uh, i'm pretty sure he had mentioned that he he does have a xbt uh, inside of a false tooth and uh, he said it was actually pretty pricey to get done but c- totally worth it you know, it, that would be like a very unique use of one of your own products at that point, at least in my opinion. Uh, what What do you think, Cursor? Are you lining up to get a, either a mobile phone or an XBT in one of your teeth? Or yeah. are you interested in that uh, stone conduction Bluetooth module uh, that, you know, was on MTV Live and at the last Grindfest? Yeah, it's a bit, a bit of a weird one because... Um... I mean, I'm not really too clued up on how mics work, but if it's in your mouth, surely it sounds like you're in a tunnel. And also, sure, they need some sort of space for vibration or something. I mean, I'm sure they've thought about all these things, but my phone, I'm not ready to give up yet. I use two phones. I use an iPhone, sold to the devil. And um, I also use a... uh, uh, an Android phone for the NFC capabilities. But 
you couldn't really get rid of that with the tooth, so it'd just kind of be like, uh, you know, I think the Bluetooth headset one would be cooler for me. I'm, I'm definitely going to look into the Tragus implants for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for the Tragus implants myself. I, I'm testing a ton of perlene C impl- magnets myself and trying to source some um, titanium nitride uh, coated ones as well uh, through the supplier that I'm working with. He's actually never been asked for that type of coating as of yet, which I find interesting. I know uh, DT and uh, Cyberize Me are working on uh, uh, an issue of uh, uh, titanium nitride, though separately. It w- that would be an interesting partnership, but I don't see that happening. But both of them, I, I'm very curious about how their timeline as far as how soon they launch a magnet and then what size, what cost, what have you. It's just uh, after all these interviews that we've had, all these conversations, that's just one of those senses that you just kind of want to explore, even though it might be kind of annoying anytime you go through uh, any any kind of metal detector for uh, or one of those inventory uh, shoplifting gates. If it goes up, you know, makes it vibrate, it might be kind of kind of annoying or kind of cool. I don't know yet. Have to see. But further on, unless uh, anybody's got anything to add on that. All right, further on. Uh, next article I had was actually, actually a Chinese use of CRISPR. And it was on TechCrunch.com uh, in which Chinese scientists used CRISPR for on a human genome for the first time. So it totally makes me think Gattaca is now actually happening. Uh, I don't know if y'all are old enough to remember Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman and Gattaca, but if you're not, you don't have an idea what I'm talking about, then I would definitely stream it for that matter. I don't know if y'all knew what Idiocracy was, and I would suggest scre- streaming that as well. It, Idiocracy is just a really funny, uh, unfortunately now documentary, because we have Trump in the White House, and that's all I'm going to say about that, but uh, Gattaca is basically the premise is sci-fi in which... Uh, Gene editing, gene editing uh, becomes a thing where parents are able to make their perfect child. And you've got uh, two main characters, one that's been edited, one that's God-born because the parents decided to have it the natural way. And it, there's a bit of strife between that and a uh, lot more plot in there that I'm not going to reveal. So you'll have to stream it to find out more. But I don't know. I used, I've been around a while. That's why I know what the movie is. And I... I was kind of an Ethan Hawke fan back in back in the you know 90s. So what can I say? It it was one of those movies that he he did because he was very popular then. But I also enjoyed it. Plus, it was better than Reality Bites. That that was kind of just a overdone slack movie. But back to the back to the article. Yeah, it 250 million dollar study funded by Sean Parker's New Cancer Institute is slated to use CRISPR at the University of Pennsylvania. And also, they go on to mention like a National Institute of Health has already given it its thumbs up for research as well. But they're still waiting approval from the FDA, uh, the Food and Drug Administration, before they can do a similar study in the U.S. But uh, it might be good you know, to be able to fight lung cancer. I'm sure Damien has an opinion on that, being an avid smoker himself. What do you think? So- <laughs> I like the way you just threw me under the bus there for being a smoker. It's kind of uh, you know, very heartwarming. <laughs> I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to encourage you to get off the cancer sticks, man. Or at least, ho- hopefully, in a few years, maybe they'll have a wonderful way of uh, 
curing it and you can smoke your heart out at that point or any of it and, and won't die from it. Um, see, genetically being able to modify your child so you get the perfect child, I think that would be, it would be really well adopted, but I think it'd be boring because everyone's quirks gives them their personality. It's like neither of you guys would be you if you didn't have your little quirk. So that I think is going a bit far, but being able to cure diseases and like you say, me being able to get healthy lungs again after uh, nearly eight, nine years of smoking would not go amiss on that. Um, not to mention we could cure, but we could cure the diseases that people are born with. But then I'm brought to another question. It literally just came to me. Would we waste it on people that have caused themselves problems? So like smokers, for example, and alcoholics, maybe give them one chance. But then if they go back and they're in the same situation again, it's their own fault. Well, how would we regulate this? Well, if you solve one issue, can't you use the knowledge gained in that to solve other issues? Because anytime we un unlock that one more lock in the human genome, we learn much more about the whole meaty machine, as uh, Justin called it in his episode. You know, we're a bunch of squishy, meaty machines. I don't know. What do you think, uh, Pocket, about being a squishy, meaty machine and editing that machine to better ourselves and others? Is it worthwhile uh, or do they deserve it? I think it's an interesting thing. If, if people don't uh, get what we're saying regarding the CRISPR thing, there is a great interview we had with Oliver Medovic where he, he goes through everything there, so catch that. Um, I think also to, to quote kind of like another interview, maybe Rich Lee's um, about the, the di diversity um, and how we should pride ourselves for being diverse um, and just the range of differences that you can get. Like wherever you are, like what I started doing after that is looking at people. Um, you don't actually tend to do that. If, if you're on a train or something like that and you um, have a look at the people that are around, uh, you'll notice that everyone is slightly different. No one is exactly the same. Um, I think we should pride ourselves for that. But CRISPR has a way of, you know, it could be good for medical use, but also if it can work for changing things, why not change it to be more diverse? So, you know, it's, it's this weird balance thing you've got going on there. Uh, what, what, do you, what do you say, Damien? Do you have any more comments on this? Uh, not really, no. Uh, yeah, Cursor covered it all. I think the mention of the podcast, it will be a good listen. And it will explain more and hopefully answer people's questions. Indeed. And yeah, unfortunately, it's, it might also create more questions because uh, after talking to Oliver, I was that much more curious about CRISPR as well. And, you know, simply it's just, an, as he put it, it's just another tool in a biotechnician's toolbox. But it's, it's kind of fascinating. And I really hope we can get... Um, Gosh, I totally forgot his name uh, just now. The individual out in California who was selling CRISPR for 150 bucks, uh, $150 kits, and just making it affordable, making it accessible to so many more people because it, it's that you know revolutionary of a tool, but it also means then if you've got that available, what else are you going to you know, come up with? But it you know, speaking of what else are you going to come up with and, you know, changes in technology. It just makes me want to ask you about uh, the North Star uh, 1.2 and, you know, what what you think about that. You know, the, the post that Tim put out and um, also, you know, we referenced a art, previous article about the original one. 
You want to tell us more about that, Damien? So everyone's aware that the North Star um, has come out from Grindhouse Wetware, which is quite a large circle-shaped implant that can either use 50,000 cycles or will last, I believe it's five years, um, and it will just light up, and it will light up red at the moment. So what they're trying to do now is they're looking for suggestions on shapes and different colors. So essentially, you could build... It'll be unique in a sense, sort of like a tattoo. You'd be able to design your own, pay for it, get that implanted. And 1.5 looks to be much smaller. Um, the applications I had in mind for it, which were lighting up a tattoo, uh, the eyes of a wolf to be specific, is actually now possible depending on the size of it. Before, I thought it'd be a bit too big for myself. So I think they've widened the market, definitely. Uh, what are your thoughts, Cooper? Yeah, lighting a tattoo just seems like a great idea and, and even reminds me of a conversation that I had with Emil after I got my Flex installed at DEF CON in which we were talking about you know tattoos that we would want to get and that was even before we recorded our first podcast. I had thought about getting like a light bulb with uh, a strand of DNA in it and somehow figuring out how to then light up the bulb or just the DNA strand. And, uh, yeah, I thought like a, a flex LED, which you light up off NFC would be a great idea. But, um, Amel actually wanted to have a LED implanted with a switch that had a battery in it to where he could then press, press his skin and light that bulb up which kind of freaked me out because I was like, okay, you've got major problems in this idea of like a switch one and then a battery too. And we all know what happens with lithium ion batteries, uh, especially since that's like the best for um, space portability and power right now. Uh, but you know, who's to say what's, what's right around the corner. Cause if we didn't know that, technology changes every six months, then I guess we've been just asleep or hiding under a box. But I, I definitely don't want to have the Note 7 uh, experience inside my body at any time. That's why I'm, anytime I hear of any implant that involves power, it just it scares me off. I don't know. What do, you, what do you say about that, Damien? Are you ready to have a Note 7 go off in your arm? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> when you was talking about this, I was going to come back and say, guys, Cooper's just saying for reference, don't salvage your parts from a Note 7. You'll be all right, <laughs> which is where I thought you were going. But see, I do, I would go for that implant if it was made by Amel. Um, having met Amel, and I know him, uh, I've known him for quite a while, I know what a perfectionist he is, and he wouldn't let you implant something that's going to turn your arm into some sort of uh, bomb of any sense. So he'd make sure it was safe first, and I don't think he'd use lithium. But I do like the idea of the NFC-powered LED implant, but I do have a question for you there, Cooper, on this one. Yeah. You're out, and say you've got your, the light bulb tattoo, and you want to light it up, and it's your chat up line. So you go to light it up, so you put your phone right by the LED to power it up. You can't see the LED because the phone's coil 
has coupled with the coil on the implant, and now you can't see the LED because the phone's covered it. Well, that, that's why I um, think like a, either a flex LED would be the way to go, not like a, like a bioglass, like a uh, X LED type of thing, or um, whatever you would whatever you would call it. But the 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 glass tag is not, you know, that kind of capsule is totally not big enough because you wouldn't even be able to see it. You would have to light it with a, a coil, tiny little coil that you just added power to just to light it up. Um, but that would just be silly at that point. Um, no, it would need to be at least a, uh, a PCB that's big enough to clear the phone, if not a little bit longer. So you're looking easily you know, probably to get a proper uh, connection, at least the length of the tattoo that I would want to get uh, if I was getting it, and which would probably be at least, you know, two, three inches of PCB in your arm, which would be kind of nuts that it would be that freaking huge. But at least then you'd be able to power it and clear the device that's powering the LED, but like you know, who were having on the sh- on the podcast later on, um, the guy from Cyberize Me, he had a beta out that involved wires and silicone to create that extension for the LED from the the little sensor that received it to light it. But that's just seemed like such a bad thing because uh, wires we've seen, especially in pacemakers, pacemaker technology. That's the first thing that goes out. That's the major point of failure in a pacemaker and other other implants. Like uh, um, people have gotten implants to work as a, a fake pancreas, uh, insulin pumps that are built into the body and then distribute it as needed and are able to be uh, refilled through a subdermal port and then charged through induction and, you know, controlled through Bluetooth. It's very interesting technology, but it's just terrible terrible idea instead of you know having a, a pcb you know a board that's solid that will last and and be at least somewhat rigid if not soft so it is flexible and able to move as you as you move as your body moves because you know meaty robots they're gonna move they're gonna jiggle they're gonna do whatever but yeah wires no i, I don't think that would be a good idea you could it could coil up on itself because it doesn't have any strength it, we definitely know that you know implants migrate unless they they're coated with a, a you know uh you know bio cement i i can't remember the word offhand what what the chemical was yeah that actually would cause it to bond with with the body and then just be be solid there but if you've got something that will migrate and move with the body as you move until it stabilizes fully by you know tissue encapsulation a wire that just might cause it the, it to become just a coil instead of it being out it just seems like a really bad idea uh to me as far as poor design it might be an interesting proof of concept but i really wouldn't want to put that in my body long term it would be great for like testing just to see if the, if the concept works and the length you would need from the power source to to your led but yeah and yeah, I agree. Amol, he's a great guy, nice guy, and one hell of an engineer as far as it comes to how he builds a product, how he puts it out. And that's why, 
you know, plain and simple, when we first started this and he was, I had a conversation with him uh, asking him to be the first guest. And I thought it would be right because I wouldn't be a part of this movement, this community without meeting him at Body Hex Con and getting my first implants, both of them from him and then subsequent implant, you know, third one from them as well so it, it just seemed right to me it's like okay now that i'm exploring it further let's start with uh, the guy that helped me get into it and learn more from him first then learn from all the people that are out there that are involved with it and just explore the differences between the people and the topics as well as the product but when it comes down to it who do i trust most well i trust who i know and at this point, I know him. I trust him. I, th- I think he's an awesome guy. I think he makes great products. And shoot, I'm I'm waiting for getting uh, my hands on uh, some of the newest ones that he put out now. Um, and luckily, we totally get to uh, talk to Patrick Palman tomorrow uh, on our recording that we're actually going to be recording tomorrow, uh, November 20th about his experience with the Vivo key, which formerly known as the U key, and, uh, you know, see what he thinks about it. Because, you know, it just seems seems like he's definitely on tap as far as being able to know and understand a lot more because the guy is, like, full of full of implants. What I don't know. What is he up to, like, 11 now? And he's, like, shooting this documentary uh, about biohacking grinding and his experience with, you know, with the community and getting implants and exploring the use of it even down to um uh, not to give away a you know, pro- topic of discussion but even down to programming a soda machine for a hacker space that he's a part of uh to work with his implants and be able to purchase uh purchase a soda and it just seems kind of awesome to me but we'll be more on that tomorrow and uh, for the listeners just look for you know that interview coming up we had a we had a little bit of uh, scheduling and it, he's a great guy and Patrick you know, is helping us out and re- rescheduled with us uh, because our uh, previous person we were going to talk to tonight unfortunately they had a death in their computer family and not able to revive it in, in time to record but we're still going to have her later on and uh, then at and maybe um, get it, have another great conversation. It's just great. Every each episode we do, each implant we get, we learn just that much more. Right, Damien? Yeah, I agree with that. And so I do like getting implants. I've got quite a few myself, not as many as Patrick there. Uh, he did reschedule on short notice, so I am looking forward to uh, hearing more about the Vivo key. I did want to get one, but they're not out just yet. I've got mine already paid and pre-ordered. So I can't wait to get that uh, installed, which I think me and Kirsten may go and get done together. Um, although going by last time, I'm not sure he'll be up to that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it sounds like a odd way of uh, expanding a friendship. Instead of going and getting a, a tattoo together, let's go and get an implant together. Well, I mean, we, uh, myself and Kirsten, we met on the RFID Implantees page and it kind of just turned out to, oh, you live like two minutes down the road from me. Um, met up for a pint and then we started talking to Emil and then it was a case of ah Emil's got some uh, some stuff that we can use alright might as well get these done together Indeed. that's how that one happened yeah, kind of makes me think if y'all actually make it out to DEF CON this coming year there might have to be a um, triple implant that night at some point during uh, Hacker Summer Camp because after should, all that's uh, when I got my flex so I uh, kind of need to have another tradition going 
um, body hacks coming up in end of January. Uh, I'm looking forward to something happening then. I don't know if it's going to be a Vivo key for me. I'm, I'm hoping so. If not, hopefully it'll at least be uh something else you never know i don't know i'm i'm hoping uh, i'm just hoping santa, if we make santa amal please uh, I, I want some more can i can, can i have some more <laughs> if we make it over to defcon and we do get triple implants should we live stream it for uh for our audience here for those that won't be at defcon so then you get to see a little bit around and you also get to see all three of us getting there uh, some nice new tech implanted. Yeah, I think we ought to at least have a you know have a regular camera there recording for good high quality. Because I wouldn't mind one day there being like a Dangerous Minds documentary of three weirdos that like biohacking so much they decided to you know do something to force themselves to learn more about it and then share what we learn. But also, yeah, a live stream. It sounds like a time to actually have a Periscope channel for Dangerous Minds. And that, that sounds like a fun thing to do. Then you get to see uh, Pocket getting another Pocket put in his body. And then... Uh, <laughs> what, why? <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't help that. Uh, I, I needed to have a nice pun there. But definitely get to see me um, hopefully have enough painkiller to where whatever I'm getting done will make it through the entire thing numb instead of, oh, yeah. Um, and, at, you know, barely getting started going, yep, I can feel everything. And Wait, I'm, you I'm guys gonna... have serious painkillers in the U.S., so why didn't you take those? Uh, I... We've only got bits of rubbish called Emla. It's not too good because yeah. it's only ever worked for me. Everyone else I've said to try it. Yeah, unfortunately, I actually have a high tolerance to painkillers. Uh, unfortunately, because I know this because I've done a lot in my past to cause bodily injury to myself. Not on purpose, but, you know, firefighting, rock climbing, you know, what have you. Stuff happens. You know, you get injured. You know, you sever your hamstring. Um, you get stitched. You know, shit happens. So be it. But, you know, you just, you just, you know, man up and take the pain. And uh, what, sometimes your doctor gives you good stuff. Sometimes they give you crap. Like I've found that, you know, codeine, one of, one of those pain meds that a lot of people get addicted to, what have you, or do nothing, absolutely nothing to me or for me. It's like I ate an M&M. <laughs> Here you go. Here's two M&Ms. That'll take care of your pain. Yeah, they taste like crap. They do nothing. Uh, or I also found that, you know, some people have a bad reaction to like Vicodin for pain. Uh, yeah, that if I take a Vicodin, I might as well lie down on the floor and drool because that's what I'll end up doing anyway. Uh, I don't know if anybody else has that much of a reaction to it, but yeah, kind of makes you think that you were a frat boy in college and you just had way too many uh, handles of tequila. No, not just drinks, but handles of tequila. And yeah, having you know two or three liters of tequila in one one sitting, not the best choice. That's what Vicodin feels like for me. But you know, other painkillers eat like Lido. I found that you know works for a little bit, but not very long. Other people, uh, I've been told, they were numb for a few hours. I was numb for 10 minutes, 10 minutes. And I was just like, yeah, that, no, oh, well, it, it's done. We're good. 
whatever. And then, you know, over there in the UK, what, y'all don't have access to Lido or anything like that? It makes me think if you come to DEF CON, you stock up on painkillers for any procedures or additions to your implant uh, family. What will happen when you go back to UK? Will it be like, nope, you cannot have this. Thank you. Try it through. Oh, see, what we have is Emla, which is actually 5% Lido. And for it to even work... You have to rub it on the area liberally, which um, comes in a small five mil tube. So imagine you're trying to get it for um, something like the flex. You're going to need a couple of tubes of this. Then you have to wrap it in cling film. Then you have to medical tape it up and be topping it up every like half an hour once your skin soaked in. It is annoying than just popping a, a quick injection in. And the thing is, is it can actually cause more harm than good because you still feel a bit. So then you, you could twit, you twit. They've accidentally slipped because they're trying to account for that, or they don't account for it, and you just make the needle go where it shouldn't. Eesh. I definitely think better painkillers are needed. However, um, we did find one. Um, the only downfall to it is it only works on an open wound. So if you want to use this, what I would say before you get the implant, get yourself a tattoo gun with shader needles, which is you get eight needles in that, I believe, which is two rows of four. Just quickly go over the area. They, I'll get the name of it from Cursor. Then you uh, just throw this green stuff over it. It's a liquid, and it goes quite numb. It's actually, it looked pretty good when he was getting his done. That's what he used uh, when, he, when he got his flex done? That's what he used. Uh, they had it at our tattoo studio, which is also my piercing studio, my favorite one, um, based in Croydon. What's that studio? Uh, it's called Time Bomb. Um, it's owned okay. by a really nice couple of a couple of people in there that we get on with well. Massive tattoo studio, about eight artists, uh, or room four. They've got a couple of piercers, and then you've also got Richie, who owns the shop. He's, uh, he's a funny bloke, him. You can get on pretty well, so... but. He was already halfway through the flex install when we done this. They'd already made most of the pocket in pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it. Uh, unfortunately, he got a little busy. He's not able to hear to defend himself. So yeah, uh, he'll hear it later. Oh yeah, that's what, that's what this uh, whole experience is great for. You know, when you walk away from your mic, bad <laughs> things might happen. Oops. But he had a good excuse. I understand completely. But, you know, we're going to have fun just as sad. Anyway, but let's go ahead and take a quick look at uh, the article he chose for the, our last article. Since we're, you know, talking about, uh, you know, VivoKey, if, if y'all don't know what that is yet, take a look at the beta page for it and, you know, Google around. I think Motherboard put an interesting article. Uh, article out about it explaining the use of it and you know the true meaning of using encryption to provide a safer you know safer world for us to live in and speaking of encryption apparently uh, we got wikileaks here now uh, exposing that apple still can assist law enforcement without breaking the encryption when at to by law enforcement because yeah it made news, big news, when you know FBI said, "Hey, we want you to uh, break the locked up, locked phone from that was involved in a shooting in California." You know, not that incredibly long ago, but here we see it. You know, plain as day, saying they don't even need to do that. They don't need to actually break the encryption in the operating system. They still can help law enforcement. Just right. I've got a couple of questions here for you, then, about okay. that. Yeah. 
One, does that mean it is truly encrypted? Or two, does that mean they've made a back door? Because if there's a back door, hell knows everyone's going to find out about it because someone is going to search and someone will find it. Well, let, let's take a look at this email here. It's uh, posted on wikileaks.org. Um, Podesta emails uh, as a sub um, URL on this. And it looks like here, you know, every month, uh, thousands of times every month, we give governments information about Apple customers and devices in response to warrants and other forms of legal process. And we have a team that responds to those requests 24 hours a day. Strong encryption does not eliminate Apple's ability to give law enforcement metadata and or uh, any of a number of other useful categories of data, which means um, that they're not looking at what's exactly on the phone, but they can also look at other tags on your data. Like uh, you've talked probably read about the dangers of big data and categorizing uh, your habit, what have you. And all your activity online, of course, is recorded and tied to you if you're not using a VPN to encrypt your traffic, uh, which most people probably don't know what that means. But VPN is a virtual private network and can be free but slow. Or you can do a paid VPN and have very quick, you know, not as quick as your actual connection because, of course, it's going through a proxy server in order to anonymize your traffic before getting out on the Internet. But, you know, much like uh, magic, a uh, little plug there for, you know, the new Harry Potter series coming out, all magic has a cost. Well, you know, all privacy has a cost too, you might say. So even though, you know, it's you know, a little bit slower through a paid VPN uh, compared to no encryption on your traffic, I would say it's still worth it. And that way then you won't be categorized metadata and though theoretically still you're tied to your gps so if you're doing bad things little tip if you're going to be doing bad things don't take your phone with you that's what a burner is for children oh but hey if you're doing bad things you deserve to get caught anyway if you do bad things at least have a decent head on your shoulders yeah that doesn't make sense if you're doing bad things, think about it. If you're doing, if you're thinking about it, you're not doing bad things. At least I hope not. Well, I mean, not as in a decent head on your shoulders as a moral compass. <laughs> I mean, decent head on your shoulders as in knowing what you're doing, knowing what you're getting yourself into, being able to research yourself. Yeah, a little luck, right? The, yeah. you know, but, uh, There's one thing just to expand upon on the Vivo key. Now, I know this question is going to crop up a lot. This one is not used for payments. This one is solely used for application purpose only. Yeah, but you still can have a Bitcoin wallet on it. So you yeah, can but you can do that with the XNT, so... Ah, it looks like a, we've got a pocket back-end studio. So, and he's got perfect timing, because we're oh, now talking okay. about Evoke and you know, encryption, what have you, and being our resident uh, software developer and masters of the RFID. Yes. Masters. I believe the page said something else on the masters earlier. <laughs> I'm a master of many crafts. Um, yeah. Um, He's a bit of a nature lover, too. For all you ladies out there, he is a nature lover. Yeah. Especially the I squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, on an interview with uh, Tim Cannon, if you guys don't know, I don't know if we left it. 
No, I didn't leave it because that's going to be an Easter egg for those that are going to be in the room with us at Body Hacks and in January, but also maybe at DEF CON. Uh, I I can definitely get you all out to DEF CON. I might have to sit on that until DEF CON has (laughs) an extra special Easter egg of Yes, ladies. We've got a we've got a different kind of druid in the house. He's a I'll make sure not to say anything. It'll be a it's a secret for those exclusive people that uh, make the trip. Uh, those that show up, and hopefully we'll have that recorded uh, this year and have a lot of fun with it. But um, before we were recording today, you were talking about fun with VivoKey and other other projects. But um, so yeah, I don't I don't know what you guys have talked about, but it's going to be a massive thing. Um, obviously, we all know the benefits of it. Patrick having one now uh, is a great step for for the rest of the community getting it. Um, in terms of development, like there's so much that's available that you can do with it. It's you know, it's, it's mind blowing if you can think of even down to the fact that you can update security protocols running on it. It's you know, hopefully you know, and and this is never something that you should say, but hopefully it won't become obsolete because you you just roll with it change the times go with it now that that's a new way of doing updates for a lot of products out there a lot of solution is rolling updates and to me that just sounds like a better way of doing it so you don't have to pull it out put in a new one unless there's a huge advance in the technology then it might be a good idea but if you can do at least a rolling update at least that then that device is useful for a lot longer expands the lifespan of the product and just makes it that much more useful useful and flexible according to the end user's needs, really. Exactly that. And also, um, I think I received a, an email from Fidismo. So uh, you guys that didn't catch it when we had uh, Abelon, it's it's sort of running on the Fidismo platform. So if you want to get, get ready to uh, make some development, then you can go to Fidismo and get your, your, your card and actually start developing apps. Um, and one thing they've done recently is they've opened up the possibility for um, developers to to develop more than one app on a free account. So it is the best time to start if you wanted to start. Um, and I mean, there's not too much in terms of tutorials at the moment. It may be something we look into. Uh, I think a few people will be keen to do that. But the more and more we get on board, the better. Definitely indeed. Because <laughs> as uh, they say, takes a village to raise a child. Well, why not think of a project as a child at times? Because you're developing it from nothing to become truly something. And on that, developing the child, well, we definitely want to thank you our listeners for you know spending time with us and want to remind you that if you have a story that you'd like us to mention and explore feel free to post it on our facebook page or tweet it out to us we're on twitter if not just email it to us at info at dangerousminds.io and you know keep in mind we're here to not just to bring you interviews focusing on people in tech biotech science as it as a as a whole as we're expanding further but as well as covering news and other commentary that is related to our common interest so please stay tuned as we explore this just ever evolving subject now if there's someone you'd like us to interview that we have not covered yet or you want to get more more on the topics that we covered feel free to you know give us a gives a hit on email and we'll definitely discuss it and we'll look at it further. Join us on this journey that we take weekly. And we want to thank you once again for listening. And it's just from just this week, we have looked back at the statistics from downloads, from just interest. 
people have been putting in and it seems like we're growing exponentially and it just makes us look that much more excited and looking forward to what's coming in the future. So we just want to say an extra special thanks to everyone that has downloaded and listened to the episode. Please review it on iTunes or and it helps us move up in the listings and it does a lot for the show. So we just want to thank you. Just help us to have another conversation with this community, with this family of grinding, biohacking, and implantable technology. So go ahead and reach out to us with questions and comments. You can find us at dangerousminds.io. But one day, perhaps, we'll talk to you about the project and the work that you're doing and exploring and developing. Until next week, seek the spark. Project won't compile, it'll be alright Computer science for life, and that's my direction Instead of be balls, my homies throw exceptions